Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that doors are now open for our signature accelerator program. We are doing a major deal for this promo period where you get Critical Care Academy's CCRN review course absolutely for free as a bonus if you join us before May 4th. Our signature program is special because it's a one-time investment for lifetime access. There are no recurring fees. We want you to start this process early. So if you're in nursing school or if you are just starting the school search process, this is absolutely perfect for you. We walk you through picking schools, writing your resume, making sure you have all those boosters to make you stand out. We've got over 20 hours of video lessons along with an entire downloads vault of swipe files and templates. And of course, over 50% of the program is interview prep. We have five on-demand mock interviews. And then of course, a huge part of this is every month we have office hours where you can bring your questions and get answers. We have essay office hours with our expert developmental editor, Dr. Diane Katie. We have group mock interview practice labs, ad hoc guest speakers like SRNAs, and other faculty. It really is a comprehensive program. And once you are in, you are in for life. You can head to the CRNAclub.com to check it out. And again, the CCRN review course as a bonus that ends on May 4th. So if you are on the fence, shoot me a DM at the CRNA club. I am hanging out there, but otherwise let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the CRNA Club podcast. Today's episode is going to be a good one. We're going to be going over applicant frequently asked questions. So hopefully this will clear up a lot for you guys because I kind of get the same questions over and over again. And I'm not saying that as like a dig to you, but I just want you to know you're not alone. And I hope this episode will be like a good summary of some things you may or may not be wondering. So let's jump right into it. The first question that I get a lot is which ICU is best. And I just posted a reel on Instagram a little while ago that showed the 2022 NCE board pass exam rates based on what type of ICU people had uh, experience in before going to nursing uh, CRNA school. And the top five or like the, the last five years column is what you want to look at. And I'm going to see if I can try to pull it up on my phone while I'm talking, but like PICU and neuro ICU and MICU were up there. Of course, cardiac ICU, but I, I just want to hone into the point that CVICU is not the only or best way to get to CRNA school. I love my CVICU nurses. I think they have such a great understanding of hemodynamics, and that is one of the things we do a lot in, as a CRNA is manage hemodynamics, but not the only way to get to CRNA school. That is outdated advice and rumors. So there are plenty of excellent SRNAs and CRNAs that have PICU or NICU experience, right? Even some schools accept ER. So the ICU that is best is going to be the one that you will thrive in, that you will enjoy, that and that gives you high acuity patients, which means multiple vasoactive infusions. Most of your patients, if not all, need to be mechanically ventilated. If they have invasive devices, LVADs, CRRT, PA catheters, drains. So we really want to see the high acuity. We don't want that ICU that has kind of like chronic nursing home patients, right? So which ICU is best? Neuro ICU is up there as well. And I'll, you know, I'll link it below in this episode, but it's like the NCE SEE report for 2022. Or go check out the reel on Instagram. So 
That is number one, which ICU is best. The second question is one year of experience good enough? Okay, well, my answer is going to be mixed here and maybe you might not like it. I truthfully believe that if you have one year of high acuity ICU experience, you are taking care of sick patients, you are really getting involved in your unit and becoming a leader and honing in on those communication skills. I do believe you can be successful in CRNA school with one year of experience. The caveat, will you get in with one year of experience? That is the question. Is one year going to give you enough time to do all the things you need to do? Take the GRE, study for your CCRN, and then some. Take a class, maybe take another class, volunteer, get involved in unit projects, do stuff. A year goes by really quickly. The other thing is with schools becoming more and more competitive, it's just, it looks better if you have that second year of experience. So I will say this, in this past year, I have seen quite a few people apply at that one year mark and get in, okay? I'm not saying it's impossible, it absolutely is. But you probably have better chances with a year plus, closer to two years. So if you're fine with applying at that year mark, and not getting in, but taking it as a learning year, taking it as, okay, I'm going to apply to this school this year, and then I'm going to come back and apply again, and I'm going to tell them what's changed, then more power to you. That's great. I absolutely think you should apply. So my answer is conditional. Yes, I think that you can get in with one year of ICU experience, but you have to have the whole package. And will one year be enough for you to get that whole package? That's the question. All right. Number three, what is a good GPA? Okay, so traditionally, when I think of like a good GPA, which is an overall good GPA for CRNA school, I'm thinking 3.7 up. However, each program looks at different types of GPA. Science GPA, your overall GPA, your last 60 credits, your graduate GPA, your nursing school GPA, if I didn't already say that. So you can use our CRNA school database to filter which schools will look at which types of GPA. There's a little bit of strategy here. If your overall GPA sucks because you have a different degree or this is your second, you know, nursing is your second career, your first GPA, your first degree, you got C's or first half of your college experience, you got C's and your overall GPA is like a 3.0, maybe don't apply to schools that look at your overall GPA. Maybe apply to schools that look at your last 60 credits. That means they just take that last, those, exactly what it sounds like, last 60 credits um, that you took, most recent 60 credits, and that's what they look at. So they know things change. They know that you're a different person from when you first started college, when you were 21 years old, or maybe 18 is <laughs> a better age. So use our CRNA school database, filter by types of GPA, calculate your types of GPA. And I will say along with that CRNA school database, you get free access to the GPA calculator that goes with it. You put in all your classes and it will auto calculate your science GPA, your last 60, your nursing and your graduate. I think it, I don't know about the graduate on that one. I'll have to check, but yes, you can uh, calculate all your different types of GPA there for you. So that comes with the school database. All right. Number four, can I get in with PICU or NICU experience? The answer is yes. There are some like people on social media, I think 
Corey Stone, she has NICU experience. PICU experience is also really good because you deal a lot with weight-based dosing, which is a big thing in CRNA school. Also, if you have PICU or NICU experience coupled with adult experience, that is a huge plus. So yes, if you love the PICU, I recently did a podcast with Vincent Doan, and he is a PICU nurse, a cardiovascular PICU nurse, and that is his passion. And he made the switch from an adult MICU to PICU because that is where his heart lie. And that is what I recommend. You do what you want to do because that is true to what you want to pursue. Even I have had a recent conversation with somebody who's like, I'm in an adult ICU, but I just love the PICU. I want to go to the PICU. I'm like, do it. Like, Do it. That is just going to make you more marketable, especially, I mean, the PICU needs to be high acuity, but it's going to make you more marketable if you have that adult and a PICU or NICU experience. So spin it as a positive. Okay. All right. The fifth question is, do I need to take a graduate level class? And this is really situation dependent. It's hard for me to make a blanket statement of, yes, everybody needs to, because that's not the case. The question that you're trying to answer by taking a graduate level class is, can you handle graduate level curriculum? So if you have a lower GPA, 3.2, 3.3, maybe if you struggled in your science classes, got B minuses in some of the core ones, yes, it would be wise for you to take a graduate level class. You're trying to convince the admissions committee that you have what it takes to succeed in a doctorate program. So if you're taking multiple courses over again, say you're taking chemistry, biochemistry, statistics, uh, pathophysiology, and you have to take a couple of them, yeah, it would probably benefit you if you did poorly in all of those in undergrad to take one of them at the graduate level. MTSA has an advanced pathophysiology class that is very popular. That's a graduate level course that many applicants take. All right, number six, how do I prepare for my interview? Okay, so (laughs) it's very hard to be 100% prepared for your interview. It is impossible for you to know everything. You You can't study every drug, study every mechanism of action, know every dose, know every clinical scenario that you could possibly get asked. So number one, you have to be okay with not knowing everything. Number two, preparation starts early. Preparation is in two different forms. You prepare to perform in a high stress situation, right? And then you prepare didactically through your studying. So preparing for your interview, to prepare to perform. I just did a podcast with confidence coach Michelle Miller, and she works with people who just work on confidence, confidence speaking and interviewing like a skill public speaking like a skill. So that is how you need to treat it. You need to start practicing putting yourself in situations where you're talking to people on your unit, you're giving presentations, you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. So start that early, you know, six months before you think you're going to get an interview, start putting yourself out of the comfort zone. Work with Michelle, work with somebody to help you become a better speaker. Invest in yourself, you guys. I invest in myself all the time. What does that look like? I pay for sessions with people like Michelle to help me become a better speaker. I get coached on business stuff. Invest in yourself. Okay, do a mock interview with somebody. There are many CRNAs in the space who offer mock interviews. It is well worth the money for sure. Then when we come to the second part of preparing for your interview, the didactic portion and learning, make a list. 10 drugs you use in your ICU, write out how they work, write the mechanism of action, write the dose, write why you would choose this drug over this drug, write down the 10 pathophysiologies that you see in your unit, same thing, write the flow chart for it is, write the signs and symptoms, 
right? How you would treat it. Okay. So it's, don't overthink it. Don't think that you need to squirrel and start watching all these different YouTube videos and buying all these books and stuff. It's just start with the basics first, make the lists and then expand out, right? Cover your basics first. Alrighty. So this is, those are the six most common questions I get asked, which I see is best is when I see one year of IC experience good enough. What's a good GPA? Pick you or NICU experience. Can I get in with that? Do I need a graduate level class? And how do I prep for my interview? All of these topics I touch on in other episodes, but this was a good summary episode for you. So, all right. I hope you found this helpful. Sorry for my shaky, scratchy voice. I was like trying so hard not to cough. I will see you guys on the next episode.